go to a junkyard. That stuff used to look good, but it's all temporary. Dr. Tony Evans says there's power in possessing a heavenly perspective. You must view life as temporary. And the moment you do that, it changes everything. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. When the Hubble telescope took flight, with its powerful lens, it allowed us to see things in space we had never seen before, to catch an entirely new perspective of the universe. Well, today, Dr. Evans reveals how Scripture urges us to live in light of eternity, viewing our earthly life through the lens of our eternal life. Let's join him in the first verses of 2 Peter chapter 3 as he begins. Peter wants you to know that if you take seriously God's entrance into history, you're going to be going against the curve. Now, if you're just a casual Christian, if you're just a long-distance saint, then it may not be a big deal, but if you take seriously his word and adjust your priorities in light of the fact that he is coming, he says you're going to face what he calls scoffers. A scoffer is somebody who makes light of serious stuff, and they will challenge his word. They will try to cancel out his truth. He says, I do not want you to forget that God has intruded in history in the past. In fact, the way the earth is shaped by separating the land from the water, he says, is because God has intruded. So don't let science trick you. Don't let the academics fool you. While they may have some information, they don't have all knowledge and whenever science disagrees with God, all science needs is time to catch up. Because science will always come around to the fact that God knew what he was talking about. So he says, don't be tricked by those who don't want divine interference in their education, in their information, in their lifestyle. Not only did God intrude in the creation of the world, he intruded in the previous destruction of the world at the flood. He says in verse 6, the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. Okay, let's look at this intrusion. God knocks on the door of a man named Noah. He says, Noah, I got three words for you. It's going to rain. Now, you have to understand, it had never rained before. So up until Noah's time in history, there had been no rain. The earth was watered from below, not from rain coming down. So he comes and tells Noah about a scientific fact that science knows nothing about because it has never rained. So he says, not only is it going to rain, but I have some work for you to do while you wait for it to rain. I want you to build me a boat. I want you to build me an ark. And this ark is going to be your salvation when it rains. So Noah, for 120 years, had to build a boat on dry land that wasn't going to be put in anybody's water, waiting for something that had never happened before to come down from the sky simply because God said so. 
He had to believe that God knew what he was talking about, about something he had never seen and had not experienced. He says, then at, while you're building the boat during the day, I want you to go to the evening and I want you to preach to the people it's going to rain. Because the Bible says Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So he's working on the boat all day and then he's going in the town and the sermon was pretty short. It was a three-word sermon. Hey, y'all, it's going to rain. Then one day he feels a drop on his hand that comes from up there that he had never felt before. And so Mr. Lion tells Mrs. Lion, girl, it's going to rain. Mr. Bear tells Mrs. Bear, honey, it's going to rain. And two by two, the animals believe what the people refuse to believe, that it's going to rain simply because God said so. So two by two, they enter the ark, Every two of every species of animal, and they enter the ark, and then Noah is raptured. He is removed out of the populace into the ark before the destruction occurs. That's what we're waiting for. God to remove us before the tribulation occurs. So what happened to Noah happens to the church prior to his judgment on the world like it occurred when there was a flood on earth. He says, God did it then. He's going to do it again. So if you believe Noah, you better believe me, Peter says, because it's still based on the word of God. Even though you've never seen Jesus, even though you've never seen him physically enter into history, the question you must address is, does God have integrity? Does he tell the truth? Or is he a liar? If he's a liar, then you can't trust him. But if he's telling the truth, you don't have to see it. You just need to know who said it. And he said that this earth is being set up for the day of the Lord. So all the chaos you see in the world is reflective of the excluding of God. The more you exclude him, the more chaos you're going to have in your life, in your home, in your church, and in your broader society. So when you see the marginalization of God, his person and his principles, you're going to see chaos as a result because you and I are living in the day of man. But there's coming another day. It's called the day of the Lord. When he says things are going to burn up with fervent heat, the day of the Lord is when man no longer gets to choose. God is going to make all the decisions. Zephaniah, for example, describes that day. Zephaniah says in chapter 1, verse 14, near is the great day of the Lord. Near and coming very quickly. Listen, the day of the Lord. It is the warrior cries out bitterly. A day of wrath is that day. A day of trouble and distress. A day of destruction and desolation. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness. A day of trumpets and battle cry. He says, and neither, verse 18, their silver nor their gold will be able to deliver them on the day of the Lord's wrath. So the reason why there's chaos today is because it's man's day. But in that day, the day of the Lord, there will be the judgment of God because of the rejection of 
Jesus Christ, and of God's presence in society and in life. God has established a plan, and within the plan, he's allowed choice. But I've got boundaries like in a football game. I've got these lines, can't cross these lines, but you can call plays on the field, okay? Now, from your standpoint on earth, if you go against me, you will expand the time before I intervene on your behalf. So I may have wanted to do something in five years that took 50 years to occur. Because in the expansion of my time, you did not cooperate with me. You did your own thing. So I wanted to do it in five, but it took 50 because you spent 45 years negotiating with me and not responding to me. So you expanded time. But when you expanded your time, it was still my time. Because when you extended my time, I already knew about your time. I knew about your decisions. So when I planned my time, I planned my time with your time in mind. So my time is still going to be the right time, even though I've calculated your time in the decisions of my time. And so you find many times in the Bible, things being expanded beyond what God preferred. In other words, uh, Abraham should have had Isaac Long before he did, but they thought they'd help God out with Ishmael. So that expanded the time. Israel should have left Egypt and gotten to the promised land in one month. That is a one-month trip. It took 40 years to make a one-month trip because they refused to believe God. So things got expanded. What God says is If you will operate by my clock, you won't have this illegitimate expansion. And I've already taken into your consideration your decision making to determine what the clock ought to be. So he says, don't use your clock, use my clock, because if you use your clock, it may be an elongated clock that doesn't have to be elongated if you operate on my timetable. Okay, so. One day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slow, he says, verse nine, about his promise. It's not that he's slow. He's not like taking his time as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. He says, the reason I delay is for you to get right. He says, I'm waiting on you. Amen. I thought we were waiting on the Lord. The Lord is saying, I'm waiting on y'all. I've got my plan. Y'all taking your time. And because y'all taking your time, not turning back to me, you're undergoing all of this. He says, I am not slow concerning my promise, but you must be willing to adjust. Dr. Evans will continue with more on that thought when he returns in just a moment. Don't go away. Hello, this is Dr. Tony Evans with The Urban Alternative. And as you know, Giving Tuesday is coming up. And this has been a trying time for ministries like ours with inflation and with so much uncertainty. So we do need your help. We need your help to keep God's truth going forward. We're not compromising that truth and we're trying to speak it biblically, but also relevantly to the lives of people. We use it through radio, television, written correspondence. We're just going to bombard our society with God's truth, which has never been needed more than it's needed right now. 
So thank you for your investment, Giving Tuesday to the Urban Alternative. Everything you give will only be used to communicate God's truth to a culture in chaos. Thank you for being a friend of the Urban Alternative. You know, through thick and thin, Dr. Evans and the Urban Alternative Ministry have always endeavored to put together resources relevant to the times we're living in and beneficial to our listeners' spiritual growth and kingdom impact. And today's offer is no exception. The message you've been hearing today comes from Tony's brand new teaching series, The Judgment Seat of Christ, a look at what believers can expect when they stand face to face with Christ once this temporary life is over. Through these lessons, you'll discover reasons to cultivate a deeper relationship with God, enabling you to enjoy His presence more as you live a life with crystal clear clarity, free from cultural and worldly confusion, focused primarily on His goodness and those things that will last throughout eternity. Along with the series, we'll also include Tony's popular booklet, Winning Your Spiritual Battles. This quick read offers down-to-earth guidance on using the tools and tactics God has provided to give you victory over the spiritual challenges in your life. We'll send you all eight messages in the Judgment Seat of Christ series and the Winning Your Spiritual Battles booklet as our thank you gift when you make a contribution to help support Tony's ministry. This offer is only available for a short time, so visit us right away at TonyEvans.org. Or call our 24-hour resource center at 1-800-800-3222 for details before time runs out. I'll have our contact information again after part two of today's lesson. Here's Tony. God told Nineveh, in 40 days, you're going to be destroyed. That, that's the rule. That's what I plan. 40 days, you're going to destroy. He had a preacher who didn't want to preach. Jonah said, I ain't going there. So God sent him a whalogram to get him back over there. He said, I, I ain't going there. And when he finally got around to doing what God said do, a whole city got saved because God is waiting on you. He's waiting on me. Look, when you're at work and you have a lot to do, I mean, I mean, you, you got more to do than the law allows. You got too much to do. You ever see how quickly time flies? Because you got so much to do. It looks like the clock is doing this and you want to know where did all the time go? But have you ever been to work and you don't have much to do and you're bored? And the clock goes tick. Top. Just they're taking a nap between seconds. You went, hurry up. I want to go home. You know, that clock is moving at the same rate. You're not. The Lord is not slack. He's waiting on you, talking to Christians, to do two things. He's waiting on you to get back in alignment, waiting on me, waiting on us, to get back in alignment with him. That's the first thing. And then he says, not willing that any should perish. In other words, I want your work and I want your witness. I want you to get right with me and prioritize me. And I want you to be a witness for me because I don't want anybody else to perish. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, verse 10. In other words, a thief doesn't give you forewarning. There is one simple key that will be life transforming. And that is to look at everything as temporary. He said, it's all going to burn. It's all temporary. You must view life as 
temporary. And the moment you do that, it changes everything. Because society, the world, and Satan doesn't want you to look at your stuff as temporary. Go to a junkyard. That stuff used to look good. But it's all temporary. And he says, since all these things are to be destroyed, looking for oh, the hastening and coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be destroyed and the elements will burn with intense heat. But according to his promise, he uses the word again, we are looking for. He says in verse 14, therefore, beloved, since you look for. So here it is. You and I must live down here while we look up there. You have to live here. This is earth. This is where it's okay to live on earth, get what earth provides as long as it's legitimate. It's okay to live on earth. It's not okay to look at it. Meaning to stare at it like it's not going anywhere. Because it's all temporary. And if you and I would ever develop this looking there while living here, then we'll be able to live better here because we're looking up there. Look, when I'm, on, when I'm occasionally on the treadmill <laughs> and uh, I will always have the news on. Always have the news on. Because I'm, my walking is making me weary. But looking at the news distracts me. While I'm walking in weariness, I'm distracted. I'm walking, but I'm looking. And because I'm looking at a distraction, I'm able to go further in my walking. When I start looking at my walking, I'm being reminded with every step how weary I am. But if I'm looking while I'm walking, something else is capturing my imagination and my attention while I'm walking. As you live your life, life gets weary and tiring and burdensome and difficulties. There are up days, there are down days, there are inclines, there are declines, and, and that's life. But So he says, since life is going to do this and life is going to do that, look. He says, have an eternal perspective. Have a heavenly perspective. No, in Super Bowl 43, in Super Bowl 43, with two minutes left, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were on their way trying to score the touchdown to win the Super Bowl. And Santonio Holmes was throwing the ball from Ben Roethlisberger, and he went to catch the ball and dropped it. He dropped the ball. And they are trying to win the Super Bowl, and there's only two minutes left in the game. They go back to the huddle. They only got a couple of plays left. He calls Santonio Holmes' number again. This time, Ben Roethlisberger throws the ball to Santonio Holmes, and he reaches up, and he catches it at the tip end of the end zone for Pittsburgh Steelers to win Super Bowl 43. Now, the reason they won is because Santonio Holmes reached high and caught the ball, but touched low and stayed in bounds. See, if he would have touched low, but fumbled the ball, it's incomplete. If he would have caught the ball, but his feet not being bounds, it's incomplete. He had to do two things at one time. He had to reach high while touching low. And when he reached high and touched low, he was able to score. What God wants you and me to do is to do two things at one time. He wants us to be reaching to heaven while living on earth. 
We're not supposed to be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good, but we're still not to be so earthly attached that we're no heavenly good. People ought to see that we know how to move on earth while at the same time relating to heaven. And when we do the two at one time and simultaneously, then we're able to live life as life was meant to be lived. And so he says, I want you to look. I want you to keep your focus on. I want you to give your attention to the spiritual, the eternal, the heavenly while you live your life on earth. And the thing that will help you do that is it's temporary. Everybody who got on the Titanic thought they had a long time. Everybody who got on that Titanic this maiden voyage, this crossing the Atlantic, this ship that God couldn't even sink. They, they thought they were living large, not knowing this was the last time on earth. When you understand that this is temporary, then it changes how you prioritize things. If you were told you only had one year left to live, what difference would it make? A lot. You would change a whole bunch of stuff because time is not on your side. Since nobody knows what time is on our side, he wants us to live in light of eternity while we function in history. So he's not saying don't live, don't enjoy life, don't maximize what you can maximize. Look, when I, uh, whenever I go to a hotel, I live out of my suitcase. I open my suitcase and what I need, I take out. What I don't need, I put back in my suitcase. The reason I live out of my suitcase is I ain't staying there. And it's not home. It's temporary. This is a visit. This is a pass-through. And he says, if you and I learn to look there while we live here, living here will be better because we're looking there. Living here has become a hot mess because we don't look there for how we should live here. And therefore, we're in chaos here. And so he says, I want you to look too. And so he concludes, therefore, verse 14, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent, be on fire to be found in him. Peace, spotless, blameless. He says, I want you to be on fire. I want you to be on fire because you haven't kicked heaven to the curb while you're trying to make it on earth. The more heavenly your perspective, the more ordered your earth. If you want a better earth, get a clearer look at heaven while you live on earth. And then you'll get help from heaven on earth. The Lord is not slow. He's waiting for us to get in alignment with him. If you're ready to do that, to get yourself in alignment with Christ and to gain a clearer look at heaven, Dr. Evans would be honored to show you how to start. Just visit TonyEvans.org and follow the link that says Jesus. There you can get a handle on what being a real Christian is all about and how to begin a brand new life with heaven's help here on earth. Now, before we go, I want to let you know that if you'd like to review today's lesson on your own or pass it along to someone you care about, just get in touch with us for the details on the message titled, The Perspective of the Judgment. You'll get the full-length version that includes content we didn't have time to bring you on the air today. Better yet, get it as a part of Tony's brand new audio series, The Judgment Seat of Christ. As I mentioned earlier, 
It's available right now as our gift to you in appreciation for your donation toward Tony's ministry, along with a special bonus, the paired booklet, Winning Your Spiritual Battles. Visit TonyEvans.org today to get all the details before time runs out. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. Or call us at 1-800-800-3222. Our resource center is open 24-7. That's 1-800-800-3222. Well, on Monday, Dr. Evans will continue his in-depth study on the judgment seat of Christ. I hope you'll join us for that. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 